We're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a different spot. On location. We're, we are on location. We're recording in, live. In Eden Prairie. <laughs> you may be asking yourself, but there's not a tap room in Eden Prairie. What are you doing in Eden Prairie? What are we doing in Eden Prairie? I don't know. You told me to come here. We're in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but it's not Eden Prairie. It's technically Minnetonka, Is it? but it's more like Hopkins, but it's right next to Edina. You're in, you're in like the Bermuda Triangle of yeah, the Burbs. Of Western yeah. suburbs. <laughs> That's exactly a, what I am. That is the voice of, of course, friend of the show, head of Chop Liver Productions, Mark Optal. Thanks for hosting us this week. Yeah, thanks for coming by, guys. I mean, you guys brought up cigars and uh, and doing the show, and I said, well, we can definitely just do it here in my garage. And that was the uh, yeah, that was sort of the catalyst for this. We wanted to do uh, wanted to get together for a couple cigars and record a show, and we were trying to think of a place to do it. And Mark offered up his uh, his fine garage. Just so happens to be fifty degrees out, a beautiful spring day. Right? So we're uh, we're in we the garage. Lucky. We got lucky for yeah. sure. We're uh, cracked a couple of beers, and we are smoking cigars, and we're shooting the breeze. So That's thanks the best for joining us. to do a beer cast. What are you guys smoking? I have no idea. Whatever Schmitty <laughs> handed me. That is a uh, a off brand from uh, Nicaragua. I see how you do with your friends. That's why I brought my own <laughs> off brand. It's, uh, well, it's it's uh, that's the cigar that I haven't been able to get rid of. No, uh, those are the ones that it's I like that smoke. beer in the back of the fridge that you haven't drank for like six months. You're no, just waiting to pawn it off. Those on a those buddy. are the cigars that I smoke um, at home. I mean, they're they're made by a, a reputable manufacturer, but they just don't have the brand name yeah. label on them. Yeah, I buy those too. Yeah, yeah, the off brand or the the, the mislabeled you know brand cigars. So you can find a, find good deals of those on the websites yeah so a lot of people don't know but it's it's not too different than like people who contract brew or um something like that where people have cigars manufactured under a label right yep. at at factories and and these are a similar situation where there's a factory that makes these cigars that would put it out under uh, a label and it would cost you a whole lot more sure where these they don't have that expensive label on it but it's the same or similar tobacco made at the same company and you're going to enjoy it just as much yep. but for hey, if it smokes uh, good smoke it right? yeah. yeah i am uh, far from a cigar aficionado or a cigar snob so uh i tend to like most cigars that are given to me or that i buy <laughs> for like, sure it's like beer the best ones are free best <laughs> <laughs> ones whatever i'm drinking right, the one in your hand yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. exactly the other so, voice you hear is, is, of course, Tim. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Thank you. You uh, you join uh, Mark Swat every week uh, with the Manners Optional podcast. That's that right. I'm sort of the sidekick on the Manners Optional uh, podcast. I'd like to say he's my co-host. Co-host, okay. We share the show. I just like most conversations take the lead. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys were kind enough to uh, include me on that show, uh, what, next week? Yeah, it'll be out on next Friday. All right. So people can check cool. that out, uh, MannersOptionalPodcast.com, and they go. can... Uh, Check out all of our amazing episodes. Yeah, We've had, we have a previous episode with Drew, so right. there. You know, this is yeah. I was a sort of a reunion. well before you. Yeah, <laughs> a good at least yeah. ten episodes. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I know I'm second banana. It's no. Oh. I'm used to it. Oh. Well, he lives a lot closer to me. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Around the corner, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we're coming off the heels of the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest, we which uh, just a, a quick programming note on next week's edition of the Minnesota Beer. 
Beer Cast. Uh, you will hear a handful of interviews that we recorded at the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest, and uh, and a bonus for the podcast listeners is there's going to be uh, there's going to be additional content on the podcast because we recorded more than we're able to fit into our uh, one hour show on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a uh, you're going to get like a show and a half via podcast next week, uh, but on air we'll just have the four episodes. So we talked to uh, we talked to Steel Toe, we talked to Modest, we talked to uh, who didn't we talk to? Uh, Asylum. Well, it was kind Ale of Asylum. Who's who. Ale Asylum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we talked yeah, to. Talked to to a good number of folks. Um, left hand, left hand. Joe Shea joined us yeah. from left hand. Yeah, had lunch with them today. Yeah, always uh, always good to talk. to Really, people. really great stuff. So uh, look for that on next week's edition of the Minnesota Beercast. But Mark, tell us how. Uh, give us give us kind of the recap of Northern Lights for a Beer Fest. How'd it go this year? What, what what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was another uh, great success. Um, I mean, there's a couple things obviously internally that. Couldn't have, could have went a little smoother on my end, like just my. Not always the case, end, though. But it always is, yeah, absolutely. When you're putting on a big um, festival like that, totally. There's always going to be some but, some hiccups and absolutely. But speed when bumps. you when you combine that beer list, metaphors, you know, those thirty breweries and their and their sixty beers that are there <laughs> for the sports event, analogy. <laughs> combine them with that amazing venue, and it's pretty hard to screw that up. Yeah, uh, the catering company does a really did a really good job with the food. Yeah, they man. used uh, modest spent grain and all the bread and uh for for a fifth year, they just knocked it out of the park. I mean, yeah. they make us look really, really good. I gotta I gotta say the I mean, kudos to you. You put on a fantastic uh, event, a fantastic uh, beer fest. All of your events that. are yep. really good and really well organized. But man, those breweries really knocked it out of the park this oh, year. They bring the I mean, heat, not man. that they haven't every, in no, past every year years, it gets but man. Better. Every I, year it gets better. I, I I walk around there and and without I mean I probably only tasted because we're working and I'm busy and so I probably only tasted working. about yeah. <laughs> do the finger quotes. Me too. Um, I maybe tasted five or six beers and it wasn't that many. But just walking around and looking at all the signage and reading all the descriptions, it's just how, how do they come up with these things every year after year after year? They just seem to top themselves. Well, and I think uh, I think the coolest thing about it, and I think I've even said this in past years, is mm-hmm. is with the the national brands, you know, the regional and national brands that aren't Minnesota local brands. It really shows how much the Minnesota market means to them and their and their annual sales. For them to step up and send these kind of beers here, because they could keep those in their local market, they could serve them at their tap room, they could send them to their favorite bar that supported them since day one down the street. Uh, there's a lot of places those beers could go, yeah. and and they've prioritized this event and in Minnesota as a place that they want to send those kegs. So I think it really says a lot more about our our beer community and and how loyal we are to craft beer. And we don't have a uh, we don't really have a brewer on the show today, but I, I imagine that Schmitty and Mark, well, you guys would sort of. Tim actually, Tim, Tim, I, Tim, I, Tim, I, yeah, I, was, I went to UC Davis for Master Brewing. So. I did not know that. Yeah, we have a brewer on the show today. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not actively employed at a brewery. We don't have an active <laughs> brewer. <laughs> on the show today. That's what I said. As active, Duh. you guys clearly it's just that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Try to listen better. I'm not on the scene, so it's, it's uh, fine. It's fine. <laughs> but when you're running a brewery like that, especially one the size of you know, like a like a like a New Belgium or like a, you know, one of, some of the big ones, like a Deschutes. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you is is 
having some rare beers and specialty brews and things like that, is that something that is just constantly on their mind and on their radar? I think of absolutely. Every I mean, time they brew a new batch of something, they pull some aside and say, well, let's, let's, let's experiment with this, let's play around with this, and maybe in a couple years we'll have something special that we can release. Yeah, 100%. It may not be every time, but it's a lot of the time. Yeah, because it, it, it there's keeps, always going to be events that pop up, and, yeah. and whether it's launching a new market, I mean, that alone, you could need yep. 30 extra specialty kegs just so that you can launch a, mar- a new state properly, you know? Well, and it keeps, uh, it keeps your brewing staff sort of... Uh, Creative, uh, creatively well, it fresh, keeps it fun. You know, well, yeah, it keeps it's a fun. lot of it fun. You know, I don't think that that matters whatsoever. I think what it really is is that the consumers constantly demand new, there, different. There is all that too. Inventive. There's all that too. I think that's that's what it really is. Is, is I think, consumers I think so, want to try? Yeah, but before the trying, consumer was constantly demanding that stuff, they were st- already doing it. Yeah, but it, but it's different though. You 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 know, Drew mentioned the big, large national brands like New Belgium, Deschutes, uh, you know, folks like that. It is tough to turn those breweries around to to constantly be rotating those those beers, little right? beers. Yep. Yeah. Whereas if you're somebody smaller, somebody local who has the agility, a lot more autonomy. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yep. Yeah. So I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I think that. The, the but I think that's that, why you see some of the cool beers that the Minnesota breweries brought too. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there was there's a real uh, line in the sand in the, in comparison to a lot of the beers from the national brands and the local brands. I thought the local brands got to play around and have a little bit more fun. But to Tim's point about the creativity, I do think there's something to that. I mean, we, we've interviewed uh, countless brewers on, on the show, and one common strain is, you know, they they got into this because they love that experimentation. They love the art, the art of it. Yeah, creativity. And, and yeah, they've yep. got they've got yep. a creative itch that needs to be scratched. Mm-hmm. And maybe when you're working at a Deschutes, right, and yeah. you've got to pump out huge volumes Tons of, of the same squeeze. beers yeah. and have them, yeah, and have them be consistent. Yep. You know, there does. I think. I think there. There is a need for that creative outlet at some point, even if it's for a sixel. You know, even if it's for a, a firkin. You know, just to have Absolutely. some fun with it. It's it's easy. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take away from your production time. Uh, it, it depending on the schedule. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. not going to be true all the time. But for mo- for the most part, it is. It's it's just you know, hey, pull pull a little bit of this off of here and do something with it. And uh, and and we'll take it to Minnesota for Rare Beer Fest, or we'll take it to this new brew, uh, tap room that's opening up somewhere, or yeah. whatever. You know, well, it's like just, Mark said, or, we'll throw it to our favorite bar. That's, exactly. That's yeah. That's yeah been exactly. For a, a Rare beer or something fun for a long time, you yeah. know. That's it. Definitely it, it, breaks up that monotony from from the brewer perspective. I could definitely see that. Yeah, we'll have more on this. We'll continue this conversation. Plus, we got some news items to get to. All coming up. Stick around. This is the Minnesota Beercast. You could win a brand in your hand. One thousand dollars. One thousand bucks is up for grabs every hour weekdays from six a.m. to six p.m. You can help disabled veterans by donating clothing and household items. Our mission here at the Disabled American Veterans of Minnesota is empowering Minnesota. Need that anymore, but you know what? It's important. It's you important know, to remind people who we are. Going to plug our social media as well. Uh, yeah, we have social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
All the Twitters. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at uh, MN Schmitty. You can follow the show, MN underscore Beercast. I was just being a smartass. I'm at Andrew Lee, TCNT. The show is uh, MN underscore Beercast. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook as well. Been a lot of uh, a lot of Facebook engagement. We should, uh, coming up in one of the segments, we should pull up. There was a recent post that, that you put up on the Minnesota Beercast Facebook page <laughs> that got a lot of reaction. It'd be interesting to read some of those comments. Maybe we'll do that in an upcoming segment. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm game for it. And we are uh, on location at a uh, chopped liver headquarters. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Opdahl was kind enough to invite us into his luxurious, soulful garage uh, for some cigars and some beers and some uh, beer talk. Uh, we were talking about the Rare Beer Fest just wrapped up. I just wanted to ask you, I had I left a little bit before it wrapped up. What, uh, you, you know, you, the, you do the, uh, you do the, the the award yep. at the end choice. where the people vote. Yeah. And what was the winner? Well, uh, we had a back-to-back champion. Oh, yeah? And and I think this is now eight out of ten of the last Chop Liver events that we've put on. Uh, Forager Brewing Company from Rochester, Minnesota. Nice. One for uh, Niller's. Wow. Yeah. They're doing some so, fantastic work down there. They what are. Style Dude, is, Austin uh, and the Nillers. boys are... They're just you got to get down there for another show. What style is the, the Niller's? Uh, is it... Big, big dark beer. I think it's an imperial stout. I'm not I'm 100% that sure there was vanilla what the variety was. The, but. the award-winning style. Nilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so no, now, actually, yeah, as soon no, as you yeah. said that, though, they use the wafer. multiple different uh, vanilla beans from different parts of the country or the world. All right. And so I think that's their kind of like their proprietary blender, or so to speak. Um, amazing beer. I had it before it started. Um, I, can't, I can't say I'm surprised it won. At the same time, there were so many good beers. I, mean, I know. There was a lot of good beers. But, you know, Forager's hot right now. They're sexy. They're, I love Everybody's it. loving Forager, which I just hope people are actually getting in the car and going down to Rochester because yes. it's a great half-day trip. I mean, go down, crush some food. Their food's amazing, and the beer's awesome, well, too. As long as we're talking about a Forager, it brings up something that we talk about from time to time here uh, on the show. And I want to get your guys' perspective as folks in the quote-unquote industry on the quote-unquote scene. Uh, they, we have a brewer on the show today. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. The unknown brewer. Oh, yeah. The mystery brewer. Head, give, you, give everybody a heads up. He, he went to school for it. <laughs> what, what do you guys think of the, the model they've chosen to, to operate under as, as kind of that brew pub model as opposed to uh, you know, putting their their product really out into the marketplace. Um, I think it's it's much more controllable the way they're doing it, obviously, because they're doing it you know just three and a half barrels mm-hmm. at a time. Uh, but you know, when Austin set out to do this, he wanted to create something for the community of Rochester. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just worried about getting his beer in the mouths of everyone in America or sure. all over the world. He wanted to bring something to Rochester they didn't have, and and with their brewery they have an amazing restaurant they have a coffee shop attached to it um it it's become a a kind of a social staple of rochester they do live music every week Mm -hmm. i mean they've really provided something to rochester that they didn't have before but those are all things that could be done not necessarily under the model of a brew pub right i mean true he he could certainly create something for the community yep have food there have you know he could have symbiotic relationships with with other businesses yeah absolutely and still be working to make a, a product that is out to more of the masses is he is he leaving money on the table uh, you know maybe so but uh there's something to be said about have yeah, touching every ounce of, of beer that gets made there too i also and, and not having so many shift brewers that are touching everything and and you know what i mean like the bigger you get obviously the more uh 
hurdles you're going to have to to get over. Mm-hmm. And then he touches every ounce of liquid that gets made there. And and you know, so there's something to be said about that. I think there's also some restrictive laws here in this state that make it difficult no. to to choose between one or the other. Yeah. If you want to have food, you can't have beer. But now that's sort of changing too. And mm-hmm. and and also, I don't know if you've seen the system that those guys have, but it is, it's small. Yeah. I mean, it Very is. Small. It's a glorified homebrew system, but they're making top notch liquid. It's umba. It's great. It's it's umba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the, as the kids say, I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> cool people say. Okay, cool people say that. Anyway, but but it is, uh, you know, I don't know how they could expand with the size of the place they have. Right. So they would have to buy an off-site property to to have a production facility to to get that money, all of which costs a lot. And and maybe they know? will down the road. They have that opportunity right. if they still would like to, they can they can cease operations with the taproom portion of it and continue the restaurant alone. I, that would be sad. Lessons, I believe. I would. I would. I would make me but, cry just a little I bit. I don't think that's necessarily their, food's their really plans. Good too. I, I think they're pretty content with uh, just just loving what they do. I sounds mean, they're like pretty, they're pretty sounds happy like what they're guys. doing is working. You guys see. Yeah. You guys see them. I don't know. Did you guys? Chat with a bunch of Northern we did Lights. Not. Or, no, we did not. Yeah. You know, they're. I mean, you talk and, to those and, guys; they're always smiling. They're having a great time. Oh yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. There's, there's something, something to be said about happiness for and, sure. And not there's something to be said about having gorilla. a plan, having a vision, and just being really good. Execute at executing that plan. Absolutely, executing that vision. I think a mistake that a lot of businesses make, sort of in their early stages, is chasing every potential dollar, um, and then spreading themselves a little too thin. Mm-hmm. And that, maybe that's uh, you. You know, uh, maybe maybe he's cognizant of that. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's maybe just a little wiser than some others. Well, yeah. we know. Why don't we have him on the show and find out? You should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know uh, Mark said you might be going on a Rochester time in the near future. We all be coming a little, little going quite a bit here in April because we've got the Rochester Craft Beer Expo coming up on May fifth, and then uh, for everybody in the Twin Cities, we've got uh, the St. Paul Summer Beer Fest on June ninth. But. Uh, when do tickets go on sale for all that? They're all on sale, right? They're now. all on sale. Yeah, right? yeah, go yeah. get some. What yeah. are you waiting go for? Get them, let's, people. Let's plug the website if folks want to get tickets. Uh, yeah, it's RochesterCraftBeerExpo.com or else St. Paul Summer Beer Fest.com uh, for those tickets. And uh, yeah, Rare Beer Fest, we just wrapped up. It was great. Yeah, it's been go. a good year so far. Mankato was killer. And can folks grab, uh, are they going to be able to get the Forager beers at both of those events? I know yes, Rochester they will. For sure. yeah. Oh, yeah, Forager will be at, uh, obviously, Rochester, since it's their home home turf and, and right. defending champs there as well. Um, defending champion. But uh, they are also defending champs of St. Paul Summer Beer Fest, and they'll be back for that one as well. That's so. great. Good for them. They're, they're yeah. just crushing the game. Um, at the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest, uh, Minnesota, a lot of Minnesotans got to uh, experience the Firestone Walker for the first time. For the first time, Firestone. I got to pick those kegs up the morning of the event myself. Yeah, you were telling me. Yeah. Firestone Walker Brewing Company, uh, ready to reach deeper into the Midwest with distribution across uh, Indiana, scheduled to begin this week. Minnesota distribution starting on April 16th. Now, for listeners that may be like, who's Firestone Walker? What's Firestone Walker? I've never heard of Firestone Walker. Uh, this is a this is a pretty big deal, right? I mean, this is yeah, I mean, really fantastic beer that's coming into the Minnesota market. Yeah, for me, I mean, these guys are, are one of my top five favorite breweries in the world i mean i, I love firestone to death yep. I, there's not a beer they make that i don't like um they just they crush the game and, and it it was a really neat treat they're they're coming in the market here in a few weeks and and we were lucky enough to uh get a couple kegs shipped out a little early uh, all the paperwork was signed and done with uh with the minnesota legal crap so 
we were able to get a couple kegs, and I think it was a neat treat for the people that and came to Northern Lights. Living up to the moniker, the uh, the rarest of the rare beer. The, yes, that's right. Yeah, the rarest <laughs> of the rare. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely was a little giddy, even though I had to get up at you know six in the morning on a day that I had to put on an event at night uh, to drive forty five minutes north to, to get these kegs. Um, I was when they were in my. In my truck, I was it was a little giddy. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, first yeah, kegs in Minnesota. All right. <laughs> so uh, for for those that are going to be keeping an eye out for Firestone Walker on their uh, liquor store shelves, again, it's April 16th. Uh, they will be offering Firestone Lager, Luponic Distortion, Nitro Merlin Milk Stout, Pivo, Union Jack, Easy Jack, and Wukas. Mm-hmm. Schmidt, you got a favorite out of any of those? No, I don't. I, don't, I, don't. I, I like them all. Uh, I will say yeah. that. Well, Union Jack's Peebles great pale ale, awards, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Easy Jack's great. It'd be interesting to see how it does here, since all day IPA from uh, founders is such a big deal in this market. Mm-hmm. Or it has a really big segment of that session IPA category. Um, but it's Easy Jack's great. I love it. Uh, but Pivo Pills, I think that's really where you're going to see them stamping this market. Is Outside of like Victory Prima Pills, or yeah. you know, there's not a whole lot of craft loggers out there. California's craft pilsners, and, and that's one of the best. Pivo Pills is outstanding. Yep. I mean, I think it wins awards year after year. So, and if you haven't checked out the process for how they make Union Jack, it's a Union fermentation, and so there's a there's a whole for, uh, a whole special fermentation setup that they have for that. That's really interesting, and just for that, beer. yeah, just for that beer. And so. you would know that because you're a brewer. Well, and yeah. I, they, we Did got you know to we went to school for that. Well, <laughs> well why don't we? Why don't we tease it? Why don't we take a break and you can walk us through that process? Okay, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Doctor. <laughs> More Minnesota beer cast coming up right after this. When bad weather threatens, depend on your severe weather station. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center, some passing showers and storms this evening, rain mixing with... And and Tim, check them out at mannersoptionalpodcast.com. Mark, of course, heads up Chop Liver Productions, uh, the Brains... And the and the labor There's not much behind there, okay. but okay the labor, <laughs> the labor behind yeah. the uh, St. Paul Summer Beer Fest, your Mankato Craft Beer Expo, Rochester uh, Northern Lights, all that and more. And he gets help from Juno, but Juno's the looks of the operation. Yeah, he's the looks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so when we when we left off the last segment, we were discussing the uh, the process to uh, to make the um, was it the Union Jack Union Jack yep. from yep. from Firestone Walker, and uh, Tim was going to walk us through what makes that such a unique process. So it's a it's a system uh, called a Burton Union, which is uh, an old English style system of, of fermentation, where it's kind of a continuous fermentation process. Uh, you've seen the stuff bubbling out of a, a tank at a brewery, hitting the floor or going into a bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they catch that, put it into another uh, tank, and ferment raw beer or green beer uh, wort rather uh, with uh, with that uh, that fresh yeast, and it's sort of it's a mostly continuous fermentation process so you're almost always pulling fresh beer off as or ready to drink beer uh, or ready to condition beer as uh, new wort is being put in. It's waste not, want not. That's right. Yep. That's what does that do? Is there a is there a flavor component to um, that that sets them apart? I'm sure or? that would be a lot of people that would debate that there is. Uh, I think that Union Jack is a really good beer. I don't know if I've ever had anything to compare it uh, in terms of the Burton Union process. I don't know if I've ever had another beer that's been made that way. Uh, and and so if 
I like that beer, then it's probably because of that, or it's because it's a really good beer. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's debatable. Sure. Yeah, they don't really screw up anything. They no, make. they don't. They don't make anything bad. That's for sure. No. <laughs> so would, would that make it, if it's brewed with that Burton Union system, does that make it a Burton Ale? Is that the, the style? Uh, sometimes, no. Burton is more well, of a Burton's regional. old yeah, classic yeah. style. And, and, a, and a lot of times people will, will say that the Burton Ales are more, uh, they have a specific malt profile and a specific hot profile and a specific water profile. Now, we can we can replicate that here, but I don't know if any of any U.S. brewer that calls their beer a Burton so the, style the, or a Burton the, Ale. The connotation of the, the Burton Shells Union. Shells did one like they're five prob- years ago, yeah, but that probably was like out one, there. I'm, one I just one don't know. Yeah, but the Burton Union system is must have originated probably I don't in, think they're related. ages ago where I don't think they were related at all. Creating I don't, I, a Burton they might be. A Burton I don't remember for sure. System or two completely right, but uh, but what I'm asking it is, originated it originated in, probably in, in the same place where they yes. originated oh, sure. that style yes, of beer. For sure. Yep. Cool. Well, should we uh, should we cover some news, Drew? What do you think? Well, we got the Firestone Walker news. The uh, Minnesota is going to be the 33rd state mm-hmm. that Firestone Walker will be uh, will be distributed in. And again, that's coming on April 16th. If you uh, if you're not familiar with Firestone Walker, definitely keep an eye. Uh, Keep an eye out for it. Uh, Mankato's getting another uh, craft brew pub. Yeah, the uh, the beer scene down there continues to to thrive. A, a craft brew pub and restaurant focused on local ingredients and foods. How unique! <laughs> yeah. for the, I've, I've never heard that before. Never heard of that. Yeah. A brewery opening, <laughs> which guess. is very shocking. There's guess. not many of those that <laughs> He's open. He's been brewing for years in his garage, and folks always told him he should open up a brewery, and he decided to capture that passion. And, and he was like, you know, what's plan? important to me is local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're mocking, but yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> I'm waiting for the tide to turn. Like, when's it going to be? I'm yeah. following the Applebee's model of brewery. CGI Fridays Brewing Company. You know what? That's actually you well, bring up, two meals for fifteen dollars and, and unlimited yeah, beer. beer right? You bring up an interesting thought that I had a while back, and, uh, and well, well, let me finish the story real quick. It's, Sorry, uh, lo- Locale Brewing LOC ALE Locale Brewing Company uh, expected to open in August. August on Riverfront Drive down in Mankato. So good for them. Wish them the best of luck. Um, the you you joked about the Applebee's model. Yeah. With the craft beer being as popular as it is, do you guys collectively we can kind of roundtable this? Do you think there is a there 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 is a market for a franchised craft beer local tap room? Well, isn't that I mean. I think that not only is there, I think there is already. I was going to say there's probably, I mean, Rock Bottom is sort of that. Rock, no, Rock, I, I, but no, I'm, I'm not talking about a restaurant where their sort of hook is that, because there's a few of those. There's yeah. Rock Bottom, yeah. there's, uh, there's one called Ram. Well, and like, I, I think of Crooked Pint, too. I mean, they're not a brewery, but they're a tap room. Uh-huh. I think of JL Beers. They're sort of the, the you know, kind of the, the outstate uh, franchise of, of tap rooms and such. Uh, but, but, n- you know, I think honestly, if uh, if you're gonna, if I, I think it's think a good the traditional idea. franchise model, like yeah. your Dunkin' Donuts, your Burger yep. King, you're all right. You're gonna you're gonna spend you're gonna give us forty grand, and we're gonna we're gonna give you everything you need. Oh man, it's to, so uh, cash intensive. Well, and that's the thing is the, the there's a lot of overhead involved, and I mean we already saw Granite City. 
sort yeah, of crumble. Greenwich, Greenwich City yeah, tried but, to but turn they its... weren't. They were having wort chipped they, in, yes. and, and they, they, they just weren't doing it right on for sure. site. They weren't making the beer. Well, that's that's why they tried to overcome that cash-intensive yes. buy-in, right? Because they didn't have to spend uh, a half right. a million, three quarters of a million dollars on that stainless. I think somebody yeah, could yeah. come in and, and create a program where, yes, it's set up to be a franchise, but then it's also in partnership with whether it's DCTC here in Minnesota or UC Davis out sure. in California, where it's a feeder system. Whereas these kids come out of their their schooling. They're they're fed into these franchises, so they have a brewer that's been properly trained, not just a home brewer with uncle's a, money. A trainer brewer, in fact. But, yeah, you know, exactly, and and, built and somebody who can just be fed right into that system. I think it's there's something there that could definitely happen. I just don't know if when it if it will when it will because well and, that and takes I away wonder, a little bit of the creativity. I feel like it, it absolutely would. I mean, you're buying but a California. You're buying a formula it with Pizza Port. I mean, it's not necessarily a franchise, but it's there's multiple, and they have a different brewer at every place, and they all get to have a couple fun beers of their own, but they still have the same beers. Miller Coors and Bud are doing yeah, you know, little brew pubs, little tap rooms, little breweries. They're they're you know what was uh, Vesa Sur in Miami just opened recently? That's sort of like. You know, a, 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 I guess sort of a franchise part of Budweiser. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they just opened a new, happening an exciting brew pub within, what, Wrigley Field, right? Right, that, yeah. That's, I mean, people are supposedly really worked up about that. How do you think the consumer base would respond to a concept like that? Because one of the things that I think is a very common thread amongst craft beer consumers is that that love of drinking something that's made near them. Well, I would hope that if the beer is good, that's all that really matters. But I guess that's been proven wrong in, in the state of Minnesota is there's some establishments that maybe have not exactly what they're hoping to have right now. They'll eventually get there. But, you know, some less than stellar beers and people still support them. I think it so, depends. I think it depends a lot. I think location it, is a big deal. I think location depends a lot. And, and I think it depends um, on service. I think it depends on availability. Um, you know, there, It's a total package. It's not just one thing or the right, other. When I think that people, you know operate sometimes within a bubble you know especially people that probably listen to this show uh folks like drew and i who who really are involved in or who are big fans of craft beer especially local craft beer and all that is involved in that right um that's still a very small percentage of the consumer market especially the people that are hyper involved and hyper followers of local craft beer um you know my i'm sure that my father who's in his 60s would is going to be more than happy to to go to the new spot um in woodbury when it opens third act he's he's not going to give two hoots yep. who's behind it it's going to be a spot where he can go enjoy uh, a beer and it's down the road which is local brewery yeah it's I, a spot and, and, I and think that's for, why i say i think that i think schmitty makes a good point i think for a lot of people not the not the quality isn't important quality absolutely 100 percent matters but i think for a lot of people Local Trump's quality. Yes. You know, having something that, you know, you, you, your neighborhood tap room. Last or few that, years, absolutely. Or that yep. tap room that's near you. Their beer may not be great, but uh, damn it, it's good it's enough. right by. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's close it, enough. You know, know. It's good well, enough. And, and just like your local uh, watering hole that you went to before you went to a tap room, right. you get to know the bartender. Yeah. And, and you become a part of the, the regular stuff. You know, hang out. It's your spot, whatever. Right. So and it's, it's the same like, thing. I and mean, you get to know the beer's putrid. No, obviously. Then you don't go back, <laughs> right? Then you don't. Go, no, you drink it, and it's like you get ill or anything. It's, it's just you know, on the if you on the quality of scale, maybe it's well, a, maybe it's a six when you could go a few more miles and get an eight or a nine. Well, and I think we've talked about this time and time again, whether it's been on the show or, or off the show. Mm -hmm. 
all these breweries are gonna get there. I mean, everybody's gonna have a bad batch of beer. I mean, yep. Yeah, but do you do you serve that bad batch? Number one, that's a whole other conversation is, for a yeah, whole other podcast. Another segment, but even, yeah. uh, <laughs> but but the point is, you hey, know, not every show will be decide. Yeah, we, oh, okay, fine. No, sorry, sorry. We have a brewer. Did you know we have a brewer? <laughs> and do you do you learn from that bad batch? Right. I mean, are there are there lessons learned? People, Hope, hopefully, some, some people. You know, I'm I'm a bit thick headed. It takes sometimes more than a couple mistakes for me to learn things. There's a lot of support <laughs> in the beer community for quality control these days, though, too. And so that's, if you're not taking advantage of those point. opportunities, then, uh, then you're doing well, it wrong. And that, right and that may that. be... That's a great point. Let's continue be, that, that thought. Let's yeah. continue down that, that, that conversation, because that is one of my favorite things about the, uh, the craft beer community. Uh, more coming up on this week's edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Hey everyone, Ben Lieber here from the Town Hall Brewery and the Town Hall family. My good friends over there have a new off-menu item. It's called the Nacho Libre. It is a bed of tortilla chips with queso, chicken verde, tomatoes, red onions, cotilla cheese, cilantro, and guac, and a spicy Arbol chili salsa. And if you like it spicier, it also has jalapenos. I always get the extra jalapenos because I like it. Hopkatanka Prairie. That's where you live. It is. I could have sworn this was Eden Prairie. No, no, you live in Eden Prairie. I know where I live. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wasn't sure. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle of the Southwest yes. Burbs. Where are we? <laughs> Top <laughs> Liver Headquarters. Hopkatanka Prairie. Uh, we, we're leaving off uh, talking about the, uh, you know, the importance of quality versus local. What trumps what? And and uh, Tim, who by the way is a brewer. He's a brewer. I'm a brewer. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Um, <laughs> Is uh, made what I think is a really important point. We've talked about it on the show before, and it's really one of my favorite things about the craft beer community is how these breweries, even though they're in competition for with each other, for shelf space, for tap lines, for customers in their tap rooms, they will get together and they will help each other out, and they will, you know, you might have to ask, but they will be more than willing yes. to come and and do some quality control at your establishment if if it's something you need if you have a question if you have a need yeah there's there's a a, a a wealth of resources available to every brewery in the state so explain the the wealth of resources because i i, I think and maybe maybe i feel is a better statement but the i think that there are breweries who who need help who maybe don't seek it out um and who maybe are don't pay attention to criticisms uh, sure. Whether they're they're valid or not. Well, the the first thing that uh, you got to have if you're going to have a brewery is a quality control program. You're going to have to have something, some guidelines to set to to know when there might be a problem. Uh, and so criticism can sometimes be uh, a good thing to listen to to maybe get your your program started. Uh, but I will say, in terms of resources that are available, uh, uh, Summit Brewery has has opened their lab forever, 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 and they That's will an amazing. They will, that really they will is. anyone who doesn't know you, that yeah. they need to know that. I mean, is Summit it, really is, is it still yeah. I mean, as far as I know, yeah, yeah. not heard otherwise. Which, which is they deserve a ton unreal. Of they, I mean, really people kind of overlook the fact that Summit's not only our pioneer here in Minnesota, but I mean, really, they've opened the door for so 
many breweries and opened their doors to breweries. Two breweries, yeah. To to lean on them for support and help. I mean, especially lab stuff. Mark yeah. and his and his team over there, they absolutely want Minnesota's craft beer scene to be the best in the country. And I think we'll have him on sometime soon and, and kind of talk about some of that stuff. Yeah, um, awesome. I would like North to, Dakota boy, so he's obviously a gem, <laughs> a beaut. Never miss I would, I would love to have them on to talk about some of that stuff. But short of of taking their stuff to to summit, what what is their locally if if i'm a new production brewery or if i'm a new brew pub what is the best way for me to get feedback on what i may or may not be doing correct if i'm new to the game or even if i'm not maybe i just need to right you're you got a gremlin you can't you can't find in your system somewhere and, and you got to chase it down and you need some help mm-hmm. i the first thing i would do i mean and, and and my experience was call the brewers closest to you the guys that are are nearby because more likely than not, you've hung out with them. You've talked quality with them a little bit, maybe, or at least talked about some process with them. So you you don't have to worry about so many of your trade secrets, if if there are any of these days. Well, they give you honest uh, feedback. They'll it, tell you if something's will. wrong. If you ask them, they will tell you. Uh, and 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 their criticism will be uh, will be constructive. And isn't that, isn't that the first step though? Is knowing that you you need to ask somebody. <laughs> there is that. Unfortunately, that is the, the and, very first. And that's first why step. I said the first step is to have a quality program, and so that you maybe are setting up taste panels. Uh, how tough? How tough is it to to bring yourself to that point of asking when you you may be aware that you know there's some some quite off with your beer right but it's not again not putrid it's not like it's it's undrinkable and regardless your tap room's full it's just people are drinking tap rooms it. full of customers right. yeah. it's flying <laughs> yeah. off the tap line that's, that's you know? exactly what you said earlier and that's that was there, I think some of the the concerns that we're voicing here is that is, is there really a problem do i really need to have somebody come check out my qc do i need input from other folks if I don't see a problem in my cash register. Well, great story. I uh, There's a brewery in Northeast, I'll leave on name, but when they first opened, uh, Juno and I went to their soft opening, and they poured us a sample of one of their beers that we hadn't had yet, and, and they said, you know, what do you think? And, and right away I was like, well, it's, it's, it's under-attenuated, you know? But it doesn't mean that it's a bad beer. If people are enjoying it, then that just means that people maybe like that beer under-attenuated a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, however, it wasn't the beer that they were trying to make right well people love corona and they dumped it and they, they <laughs> dumped know. it immediately and made a different beer so yeah. kudos to that brewery yeah well and it's and it's funny too we talk about the the education and and people buying beer that may or not be brewed exactly the style um you know i've heard people make the argument that uh, you know people are getting poorly educated on on what the the proper styles are that yeah there is that and i think i think there's also a a driving force in the industry to push the style guidelines to push those limits and when you do that you may end up with off flavors that you weren't expecting you may end up with a style of beer that is very hard to classify and some would say is a poor quality beer because it's so out of style Mm -hmm. Uh, but the industry the industry feeds that man i mean look at you know so many of the breweries that win gabf medals are are you know they're practically putting porters in an ipa category or vice versa and and you know and just trying to push those limits as much to the to, to the maximum extent and so and so quality gets difficult to uh to to rein in if you're if you're not fitting a style guideline or if you're trying to bust a style guideline i mean right. that's the but then at the same time you're still you're 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 off flavors or you're off flavors it doesn't matter what you know what yeah, and there's a difference between off like traditional off flavors right. and putting uh like juice in a beer yes and, and giving it a flavor <laughs> you know you look at just shoots for well but you look at just shoots new style by 
but Deschutes Fresh Squeezed or some of these where there's clearly some uh, fruit puree in these beers or whatever, that's a little different than having uh, diacetyl yes. or a, acetylhedolite or whatever, you know. And, and, you know, and it's again, it goes back to what's selling at the tap room because maybe your tap room loves a Werther's Original Pale Ale. You know what I mean? They're just, I everybody don't, in town loves it and, and you sell it all and so why change it? Yeah. You go and change it, you lose those customers. Yeah, I mean, you may, you know, like I said, you, you as the brewer may know, all right, there's something off here. This isn't exactly what yep. I'm going for, and I can't quite figure it out. But you know what? It's flying out of my tap line. Yep. I'll just I'll fix it next batch. Damascus yeah. or two or three you batches. Know. Uh, you know, okay, I didn't fix it that out. batch. I'll try again yep. next batch. But regardless, it's still you know I'm still pouring pine after pine after pine. That's it. And, totally. and that actually reminds me too. Another good resource is your your homebrew clubs. You know, the, mm-hmm. there are there are beer judge certified beer judges around town that will gladly almost for free probably come and tell you. You know, they'll give you a taste panel and they'll talk to you about off flavors or they'll talk to you about the style guidelines or the you know they're well, if you're in a homebrew club you should absolutely if you're not in a homebrew club join a homebrew club because that's exactly what you get out of is you get yep. the feedback and you get yeah. nothing but honest brutal feedback and you get home to brewers, taste a bunch of stuff <laughs> homebrewers and bjcp judges are the most brutal you're going to get and they're not afraid to, to tell you what's wrong well but there's but there's a difference between being brutal and and giving people constructive yeah, but brutal is constructive criticism though that's no, how you get you can, better you can tell no you can tell somebody that you know this is I, in kindergarten n- no but you can you can <laughs> tell adults. somebody hey this this is something that i think needs to be improved on without saying this beer sucks there's there's a difference between honest critique and feedback versus Correct. how it's delivered I haven't learned that one yet. Well, fascinating conversations, guys. I'm really glad that I booked a brewer. <laughs> Did you know you booked a brewer? Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. 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 I wasn't idea. Sure. Oh, Contact duh. him for all your brewery QC consulting needs. Oh, God. And then I just start a consulting company? <laughs> Mark, Tim from the Manners Optional Podcast. MannersOptionalPodcast.com uh, is the website. You can find all the episodes there. Uh, just a quick tip. Not safe for work. <laughs> no, it's not. I dropped f bombs, didn't I? It's I'm a, sorry. It gets the explicit Dirt. tag. <laughs> I believe it's you, a lot of fun. I believe your episode we started by you saying. Yeah. Can we swear on this? I'm allowed to curse, right? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for hosting us. Thanks for having here us here at the Chapel well, Headquarters. Coming. That was a really fun conversation, really fun show. Schmitty, excellent job as always. Thank you, sir. Coming up uh, we, on uh, future episodes, we will have those interviews from Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest that we told you about. Also, we got some exciting news out of Surly mm-hmm. that we're going to have. So we're doing the show live from Surly. We'll put that information that out on our social media. So if you want to come uh, hang out with us, this that'd be really cool. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.